Hello, and welcome to the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Guy Mayer in the case of the fantastic ficus. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. It was a shady day in Hong Kong, and the urban forest knew how to keep its secrets. But far below the towering canopy rooted in the rhizosphere, one man was still searching for solutions to Tree's persistent mysteries. Detective Dendro, Arbor Sleuth. Two weeks of investigations in Hong Kong with the Asia Tree Police, Kota was introduced to some amazing cases of exotic arboriculture. Aileurites gone awry, Delenix playing tricks, and the towering bombax bamboozling all who viewed them. I went along for the ride, reviewing Kodit's cases with him, along with some intense sightseeing in forests rural and urban. One thing the sites in Hong Kong had in common with other urban forests I'd visited was an uneven approach to pruning trees for management of size, risk, and health. Sometimes they got it right, but more often there was too little taken off, or, most common, way too much. I was looking hard for answers to the age-old pruning question, how much is just enough? It was becoming a Goldilocks-type obsession, and I needed a break. Code had heard about a bus tour the next Sunday that would feature several specimens listed as OVTs, old and valuable trees. I used most of our remaining discretionary funds to buy two tickets. On Sunday morning, we arrived early in hopes of getting a good seat on the double-decker bus. Our host, landscape architect Gavin Jackets, reviewed the challenges of finding suitable plant material for traffic medians and maintaining huge trees that grew out of walls with nothing but pavement around them. Today we have cockatoos with beaks that bite off branch tips with 1 or 2 centimeters, 0.35 to 0.7 inches, in diameter, Gavin began. But just 9,000 years ago, blink on the evolutionary timescale, flocks of much larger birds were clipping larger tips, and large herbivores were crashing into and grazing on trees. Our minds were full after the tour, but our wallets and stomachs were empty. When Gavin invited us to lunch and mentioned that two of his ficus trees were busted up by typhoons the previous summer, Kodit spoke up in a hurry. Oh, you're in luck, Mr. Jackets. We always bring our climbing gear with us wherever we go, and we have loads of experience in restoration pruning after storms, but we'll need someone trained in safety procedures to work along with us if we're both climbing. Kodit sounded worried as he watched me nod. We want to follow local safety standards and regulations as well as the Z-133 for the U.S. A local gent standing next to Gavin volunteered. My name is Lo Zhao. I have the necessary training and would be pleased to assist from the ground. It's all set then, Coded grinned. We'll get our gear and meet you in an hour. Backpacks stuffed with ropes and saddles, we trudged up the winding path. At the top of the ridge were two very different looking trees both with broken branches on the northeast side. We wolfed down the bowls of spicy South Indian curry as Zhao finished a game of chess with Gavin. Then he showed us the trees. The darkbark tree resembles Ficus fraseri, the sandpaper fig. The graybark tree you know as Ficus microcarpa, the banyan tree, so overplanted in Hong Kong. Yeah, it's everywhere, Kodit noted. They'd be boring if they weren't so cool. What's the stuff in the depression on the lower branch? It appears to be a nest of black ants, Zhao said. They say no more, Kodit said, rocking his throw bag back and forth as he changed his aim. I'll take the sandpaper fig. I'm not fond of insects. Beauty before age. Zhao frowned. 
I wasn't sure why, so I raised the binoculars hanging around my neck and watched Kodit's throwball hit a wad of leaves high in the crown. Hmm, looks like some kind of witch's broom. No worries, the line's in a good fork. I gave a puzzled look to Zhao, who said, Kodit, you might want to re reconsider the... He footlocked up in his speedy style, while I opted to walk along a ladder in the low-branched banyan. Tying in while Zhao set up the ladder, I ascended and installed a redirect, walked a thick, smooth limb, and went to work with the pole saw. The work went smoothly until Kodit started hollering. I turned to see him, swatting himself, stomping his feet, and calling down to low. Why didn't you tell me they call this tree sandpaper because it's itchy? The hairs on the leaves that make it sting so... Zhao suppressed a laugh, as if he anticipated these antics. <laughs> Perhaps an allergic reaction to the spicy lunch is aggravating your condition. The clues are present in the colors on our chessboard and in your mentor's advice. from one foot to the other while the limb he stood on swayed, Kodit checked to see his tail was clear and rappelled to the ground faster than a soldier out of a helicopter. He rolled up his pant leg and hollered, Ants! Red ants! Stomping his feet and swatting as he unclasped his saddle, Kodit was making a million motions a minute, gradually calming down as the last of his attackers was vanquished. I made a few extra cuts on the broken banyan to improve the view, and descended to commiserate with my colleague. Gosh, Coded, isn't it ironic that you avoided the banyan tree because of the harmless black ants? That wad of leaves up there wasn't a witch's broom, but a nest of biting red ants. Isn't that ironic? It's the good advice that I just did not take. Who would have thought? It figures. Coded shook himself, calming down as the pain from the bites went away. But you guys knew what was going to happen all along, didn't you? Well, with my binoculars, I could see it was not a witch's broom, I confessed. But that's all I could see. I regret your discomfort, Zhao apologized. The ants are pests that local arborists are painfully accustomed to. Your eagerness to avoid insects led to some lessons, it seems. Yes, lesson number three was to avoid disturbing ant nests. Coded began. Lesson number two was to use binoculars in my pre-climb assessments for identifying key structural features as well as potential trouble spots. Gavin walked up and said, I I've been watching your pruning technique and it's taught me a lesson I'd like to share with you. Uh, come up here on the patio. Tea and snacks are being served. Coded did not have to be told twice. We bundled our gear, washed up, and found Gavin and Zhao enjoying the new view of Victoria Harbor and a cup of oolong tea. I have some essential oils for those boss if you need it. Gavin passed a small bottle into Kodit's outstretched hand. I've been thinking. Trees around the world have adapted to the activities of animals that are now extinct. Humans are responsible in large part for the disappearance of these creatures, such as anteaters. What are we doing to replace their contributions? I dunked a cookie into my tea, thoughts swirling like the crumbs in the murky hot liquid. This seems related to the ecological imbalance caused by humans, killing off the natural predators of pestilent herbivores such as white-tailed deer. Their overpopulation wipes out seedlings of desirable species and spreads Lyme disease to humans via blood-sucking ticks. In North America, large herbivores were responsible for expanding the native range of many trees. 
Now, humans are good, maybe too good, at distributing plants around the globe. Zhao reached into his backpack. Big trees no longer grazed, small trees excessively grazed. All of these problems can get prevention through human intervention. Restoring balance to nature is the goal, high and low, from the canopy to the forest floor. He pulled some sliced tree sections out, one by one. When I want to know more, I look inside. See how the trees turn sprouts into branches by adding layers of tissue to buttress their growth and movement? I have heard this is called the epicormic-endocormic transition. Gavin examined a block of wood and exclaimed, Ha, this is it! Through the history, trees have adapted to having their outer branches being reduced by storms and beasts. This may be the answer to arboriculture's most urgent question, how to specify pruning to manage health and safety. Every tree mystery is like a game of chess with Mother Nature. We must study her previous moves and anticipate her next move. Her bishop may have the right angle to end the game, but you can castle to protect your king. I leaned back and took it all in. Old paradigms melted away as I reviewed the evolution of arboriculture through the wider lens of natural history. Zhao smiled warmly and asked, Kodit, you never did tell us what your lesson number one was. Kodit blinked and set down his cup, returning to the present. I learned to respect tree associates, like those black ants. They're innocent until proven guilty. Less judgment, more thought, and a balanced view of trees and all organisms will make me a better arborist. Gavin raised his cup. A toast to better tree care and better trees. Four glasses clinked, and a musical ring filled the air. When you return to Hong Kong, we can apply this understanding on a much wider scale. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dandro series. You can earn CEUs for these podcasts. Just log in at the ISA store, click on online CEU quizzes, and find the Detective Dendro quizzes. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. 